This is James Axel, and I'm coming to you semi-homemade live on a pile of stuffed animals. Oh my God, James, I cannot believe you just said that on the air. Oh, my. oh, believe it, believe it. That's all you're you going to get crazy. here is 100% growth. And I love that. Thank you, thank you. Excuse me, sir. Are you even listening to the words coming out of your mouth? You have absolutely no right to even be saying. Oh my gosh, you're insane! Here at James Axel, all we give you is 100% truth. Guaranteed. My name is James Axel, and I'm coming to you semi-homemade live on a pile of stuffed animals. Salutations, everyone. How are you doing? James Axel coming at you with another riveting podcast. Have you ever asked yourself these questions? I try to manifest, but nothing ever happens. Why are crystals important? Am I saying the right things when manifesting? What is manifesting anyway? How do I meditate? If I can't sit still, is there anything else I can do to do what everyone else is talking about, but I can't seem to wrap my mind around what they're talking about? Well, today I have all of your answers in one manifestation podcast. We are going to learn about how to manifest. How? To manifest. How and what should I be saying for positive affirmations? Positive affirmations. Do holding crystals really help and work? Crystals. And what should I be thinking about when I am meditating and manifesting? Internal thought process. I scour the internet and I found some great information for you, and I am putting it all into one podcast, so that way you can listen to it, get your information, and I'm giving you a list of 20 positive affirmations you can say to yourself every morning and night. 20 positive affirmations, day and night. So let's get the information train rolling. Choo-choo! Okay. Now, I gotta say that I'm a person that, like, whenever I go through something in my mind or I think of something or something happens to me, instantly my mind starts racing with thoughts or I start talking to myself. And I can't tell you how many times I've told myself, you're so weird for talking to yourself. You're dumb. You freak. What the F? So I decided to do some research and find out, gosh, is talking to yourself really bad? Are you stupid if you talk to yourself? Are you dumb if you talk to yourself? Are you strange? Are you unusual? Well, come to find out, it's one of the best things you could ever do is talk to yourself. 
So I found an article on NBC. Better by today. Dang, dang, dong. And the article is titled, Go Ahead, Talk to Yourself. It's normal and it's good for you. All right. The article is by Wendy Rose Good. <laughs> I love that name. You could be doing something as mundane as turning left at the intersection during rush hour or looking for your keys on a hectic morning. Or you could be preparing for a potentially pivotal event, such as meeting with your boss, a big presentation, or a promising first date. At any given time, the urge to talk to yourself can happen. Here's the thing. Giving in doesn't make you weird or indicate that something is wrong. Talking to ourselves is completely within the norm. In fact, we talk to ourselves constantly, says Dr. Jessica Nicolosi, a clinical psychologist based in New York. One can argue that just thinking things through the quiet, thoughts without speaking out loud, as talking to ourselves as well. She adds that in the same way we seek trusted companions to bounce ideas off of, we talk to ourselves for many reasons. This often occurs when we're experiencing a deepened emotion, such as anger, nervousness, extreme focus, or excitement. Even in otherwise mundane scenarios, it's typically an emotion that's triggering us to speak out loud. For example, you may feel stress about turning left or anxious about being late if you don't locate your keys. If we speak out loud, it forces us to slow down our thoughts and process them differently because we engage the language centers of our brain. I wanted to read that. That's not, that, that's a part of the article, but that is that sentence right there because we engage the language centers of our brain. I'm interrupting this. Uh, I'm interjecting into this article because I got to say, this is so important because we engage the language centers of our brain. That is like your third eye. The language center, opening up your third eye, making sure that your intentions are what you mean and your intentions are literally what you're saying. Your intentions should be exactly what you mean. You shouldn't have a preconceived notion or a different side effect of your intention or deceit. There shouldn't be deceit behind your intention. If there's deceit behind your intention, it ain't going to work ever because it's just one big lie. So no deceit can be behind an intention. It doesn't work because how can you build an intention on deceit? All right, getting back to the article. An important note 
self-talk becomes concerning if it's the manifestation of a hallucination, meaning like drugs. If you're on LSD and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I think I see Jesus in front of me. This is so crazy. And then you start having a conversation with somebody that's not there and you're walking down the street and you're literally pretending as if somebody's right in front of you. You might need some assistance maybe a little bit further than meditation, which is fine. Sometimes people can't handle the shit, so then they, they create personalities that they can trust in, in their own brain to keep them safe. That's where multiple personalities come from. They create other personalities to keep themselves safe. So when they feel threatened, another personality shows up. It's not theirs, but it's another personality. That's not what this article is saying that when you talk to yourself. They're saying when you legit know, hey, I'm talking to myself here. I'm not talking to some figment of my imagination. That's what they mean. So if we speak out loud, it forces us to slow down our thoughts and process them differently because we engage the language centers of our brain, explains Dr. Nicolosi. By talking to ourselves, we become more deliberate, and this creates a slower process to think, feel, and act, instead of being bombarded by our thoughts. In that sense, talking yourself through a left turn forces you to be more alert, and talking to yourself when feeling an extreme emotion such as nervousness before a meeting, can help you process what you're feeling and better prepare for the events to come. Three ways to master the art of talking to yourself. Dr. Julia Harper, an occupational therapist and life coach, agrees that it's normal for us to talk to ourselves, but stresses that it's important to do it the right way. Self-talk is a normal part of the development of language, she says. It improves our higher-order cognitive and metacognitive skills and is fundamental part of self-mastery. Because of its functionality, not only do we all self-talk, it would behoove us to do it well. And here is how to do it. Be kind to yourself. There's anecdotal evidence and even a handful of scientific studies that confirm the positive effects of encouragement that can have on performance. Interestingly enough, sports psychology is leading the research on this topic. It makes sense then that negative self-talk serves as poorly and ought to be avoided. If we're talking to ourselves negatively, research suggests that we'll more likely guide ourselves to a negative outcome, says Dr. Harper. However, when self-talk is neutral, as in a statement like, what do I need to do? Or positive, such as, I can get this done, then the outcome is much more effective. Use self-talk to your advantage. Cheering yourself on 
before an important event or talking to yourself while completing a task are two great opportunities for self-talk. In fact, a small study published in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology found that when looking for familiar items, like those keys, speaking to themselves and saying the name of the item out loud helped people find the objects more quickly. You can also use self-talk to work through extreme emotions, including anger, sadness, confusion, and stress, and to sort out personal conundrums. Consider the act as sort of spoken journal to yourself. If doing so was good enough for Socrates and Plato via Socratic dialogue, it's good enough for us. As an extension of that idea, it's also argued that talking out loud while studying can help expedite and cement your understanding of the topic, notes Dr. Don Vaughn, a neuroscientist who studies human behavior. One study found that asking oneself out loud what a piece of information means significantly improved learning, explains Dr. Vaughn. A hypothesized explanation for this phenomenon is that the process of answering a question improves consolidation of information from working memory into long-term memory. One is effectively speeding up the learning process by acting as both the inquiring teacher and the challenged student. The last part of this article is don't forget to listen. It's important to note that talking to yourself is a two-part process. The talking and the listening, says Dr. Harper. Self-listening, otherwise known as self-awareness, is a primary factor in offering feedback for self-efficacy. In other words, there's a reason you're feeling compelled to talk out loud. So be sure to also listen to what you're saying, too. Dr. Nicolosi adds, Self-talk should be thought of as a healthy way of giving ourselves the support we need to get through a moment. It's us showing up for ourselves and then being the friend we need. Feeling free enough to wholly engage in talking to yourself may take some time especially since there's trends to be stigma attached to the practice. Just remember, self-talk is not completely normal, but can also be beneficial in the long run, and it may just help you find your keys. I found that article so interesting. Okay, so then, like, some people are like, I really want to manifest. I really want to do this right, but... You know, I, I'm a preparer. I want to know what to do. I, how do I even start? I'm not even sure where to start or how to start or what I should do. 
So now here are five things you should do before you start manifesting. Have you ever felt like your manifestations aren't working and you don't know why? You seem to be doing everything correctly and still nothing happens. The answer might be in the preparation phase before you start manifesting. Read on to see how you can improve your manifestations using these simple tips. Manifesting is, in essence, a simple process. At least it can and should be. We see a lot of people who are new to the law of attraction that are overcomplicating things by adding some unnecessary ritual that they feel like they gotta do in order for it to work. In my experience, these additional things serve absolutely no purpose or sometimes can even be harmful and damaging to your manifestations. With that being said, there are some things that you should do before you start manifesting. Some of them are meant to clear out your mind and bring more focus to yourself. Some of them tune your thoughts and frequency to better align your path with the aim of your manifestation. And some of them are similar to a warm-up any athlete does before they compete. Over the years, I have perfected these techniques to get on a higher level with my manifesting. I have seen tangible results and improvement once I started paying attention to them. So let's get in to some of the things I recommend you do before you start manifesting. You need to define your goal before you start manifesting. Define the goal of your manifestations seems like an obvious thing. Yet I see people get this part wrong all the time. You need to understand that the universe is never withholding anything from you on purpose. The universe wants to grant you the things from your desires. However, it is your responsibility to make sure your desires are tuned to your personality and the frequency of your vibration. And then you need to have them clearly defined. Only then will you be able to receive the blessings. So this is how you define your goal before you start manifesting. First, you must be very specific about the things you are trying to manifest. If it's the wealth you're after, specify the sum or the objects that will create the life of luxury you want in your life. If you're manifesting a relationship, define the person as much as you can, even including details such as the tone of voice, manner of speaking, gestures this person will be doing when they are with you. If it's an event you want happening, such as 
a promotion in your job. Imagine the inside of the office you will occupy when being given this dream job of yours. Whatever it might be, hopefully, you get the point of being very specific before you even start manifesting. Your mind must be clear before you start manifesting. Another one that seems obvious and another one some people get wrong when they start manifesting, the key is not to have your head empty. That is impossible. We're always thinking something or about something. That's our nature. What a clear mind means is more about focus. You must get rid of all of your distractions that are not related to the object you're just about to start manifesting. For example, when you're manifesting a relationship, then all other things are not important. Had a bad day at work? Stop thinking about it. In fact, had a great day at work? Also, stop thinking about it. Let your mind concentrate on this one particular thing or things that are directly related to it. Your surroundings must be in tune before you even start manifesting. Very much related to the above. You have to make sure the place you're in is suitable for manifesting. It should be a place where you can be alone. It should be shielded from artificial sounds. What do I mean by that? Well, as the name says, anything that is not natural. The sounds of the forest or a water stream are perfect for manifesting, since one of the keys to successful manifesting and high vibrations is being in tune with nature. Sound of car traffic, construction machines, etc. Yeah, not so much. I hope you get the point. If you can, try to aim for natural light. If you can't, make sure the light is soft and warm. If you are in a building and not outside in nature, make sure the place is clean from dirt and that it is neatly arranged. Avoid the mess and definitely avoid dirt. And finally, it is also important to choose a place where you feel safe. Obviously, your home should be that. But you can make other places feel safe and secure as well. Do a mental warm-up before you start meditating. Just like a physical warm-up, before the competition is crucial to the performance, a mental warm-up is needed before you start manifesting. Your mind must be set on your goal and tuned in to your vibrations. A great exercise I found to be working for me is recalling all of the previous successful manifestations. 
Make sure you won't just recall the thing or the event you manifested. Try to remember the feeling that was associated with it. What emotions were going through your head? How did it make you feel to have it? Trust me, it really is an amazing way to get your vibrations super high. The universe will recognize that. Believe. Visualize. Accept it as it is already yours. Simple as that. All of your manifestation needs is the foundation, the basics, the cornerstone is the law of attraction. Believe that your manifestation has already been successful before you even start manifesting. Without this element, you can have all the tools and techniques in the world, and yet none of it will produce results. And keep on moving, moving, moving on. So now you're ready to start manifesting. Yet maybe you want to add a little bit of oomph, a little bit of strength, a little bit of power behind your manifestations. You want to add some tools, like crystals. Why would you add crystals? Why are crystals so important to the manifestation laws of attraction? Why? Well... Maybe you might want to grab some crystals, because here is why. Humans have always had a special relationship with the mineral world. They are a gift from Mother Nature, providing numerous benefits. For thousands of years, minerals have played an important part in day-to-day -day life, from providing adornment, making tools, and being used in ceremonies. People worldwide recognize the importance of minerals. Metals such as gold, copper, and silver are used in construction and manufacturing. It's not surprising that in addition to providing great value on your physical world, minerals also have an impact on your inner world. One of the easiest ways to experience the benefits of minerals or crystals is through the gateway of meditation. Meditation is beneficial to your total well-being by instilling calm and a deep sense of relaxation. It is from this quiet space that creativity is birthed, healing is ignited, and peace is created. Adding the use of crystals during meditation can serve as a powerful tool to enhance your practice. Why use crystals at all? While meditation does not necessarily need anything but you and your desire to commit to peace and fulfillment, crystals add a dimension of inner exploration that can be quite rewarding and fun. Each person will have his or her own unique experience, 
But here are a few reasons for using crystals during meditation to inspire you. It deepens your meditation practice, helps to achieve a specific outcome. It reinforces your intention. It raises consciousness and awareness. It deepens intuition and insight. The relaxed state cultivated during meditation allows you to tune into the properties of the chosen stone. At some point, you may have had a sense that the world is more than what you perceive with your five senses. This is the world ancient medicine recognized and tapped into the help to restore harmony and balance to cure sickness, both in the mind and body. When you meditate, you drop into that space that you have forgotten how to connect to. You are constantly exchanging energy and information with everything around you, whether or not you are aware of it. The trees are our lungs. The rivers are circulation. The air, our breath, and the earth, our body, says Deepak Chopra, offering a perspective on how intimately connected you are with nature. How can you not be connected to nature after hundreds of thousands of years of evolving on this planet? It is from this subtle level that all of nature including the mineral world, interact and communicate. When you seek stillness, you too can be a part of this ancient and primal conversation. Getting started with crystals. All crystals, rocks, and stones are packaged with energy and information available to help you. It's a matter of finding what vibes with you in the moment. There are a lot to choose from, and this plethora of options can be very overwhelming. Here are some helpful stones to have on deck due to their versatility. Clear quartz, a multi-purpose stone used to heal, clear, and charge. Amethyst, charges up other crystals strengthens intuition, and clears negativity. Adventurine helps to boost energy and decrease stress, promotes calm and balance. Rose quartz, the love stone, helps to heal from grief or a broken heart, promotes peace and harmony in the home, attracts more love. Citrine recharges energy and releases negativity, attracts abundance, helps with manifesting a goal. Fluorite helps to ground and balance, helps to heal, clears other stones of lower vibrations. Smoky quartz clears stones, relieves stress, Defends against lower vibrations. Selenite 
charges up other crystals, helps lighten the mood. Choosing a crystal for meditation. When it comes time for meditation, how do you choose which crystal works with you? If you are working on something specific in your life, get clear on what that is and perhaps write it down. Choose the crystal that aligns with your goal. For example, if you are working on bringing in more abundance, citrine may be helpful. If you are unsure of the significance of a stone, simply do a search on the internet or purchase a book with the descriptions and meanings. Or you could use your intuition. When you begin to feel more comfortable using your crystals, practice letting the crystal choose you. You can try this when purchasing a new crystal in a store as well. Close your eyes and ask one of the following questions. Which crystal is best for me at this time? Or you could ask, which crystal can help me with fill in the blank? The trick is letting go of doubt and go with the first thought that comes to your mind or notice what attracts your attention. Trust yourself and trust the stone. How to use your crystals. The first thing to do after purchasing a crystal is to clear it of any energy it may have picked up by burning some sage around it, darling. You can bathe it in salt water overnight as well, but make sure it won't dissolve. When getting ready to use the crystal, you better ask it for permission first. This may seem strange, but you would want someone to ask you for permission, right? Rarely will you be denied, and you will definitely feel it if that's the case. Just as you would feel such a message from a person. Hold your crystal and see what comes up. If there is no answer or something feels off, you may need to clear it again. During meditation, you can hold the crystal in your palm, place it near you, or place it on a part of your body while lying face up. There is no right or wrong way to hold it. Everyone's preference for working with crystals is different. Visualize your goals or intentions for using the stone and then let it go. Allow the crystal to do its work. When you are finished, thank it for working with you. Crystal Meditation Exercises This meditation is a good way to introduce yourself to your crystals and begin to understand how they can begin to help you. First of all, find a quiet space and settle into a comfortable position. Have all of your crystals nearby. They should be cleansed already. Close your eyes and connect with your breath for at least two to three minutes. When you feel ready, 
select the first crystal and ask it for permission. Hold it in whatever way feels comfortable. Notice how it likes to communicate with you. What kind of colors do you see? What kind of sounds do you feel and hear? What sensations are happening in your body? What kind of visualizations are you having? Note any messages it has for you. If nothing comes up, that's fine too. Write everything down in your journal. Continue to do this with each stone, thanking it after each use. Enjoy your meditation by connecting with your breath again, opening your eyes when ready. You don't have to be intuitive or an expert to enjoy the healing energy of the mineral world. All you need is an open and willing heart to connect and discover what you may. They will always be there, ready, whenever you are, to ask for their help on this crazy journey we call life. Oh my gosh, okay. So, already, we've gone through manifestations, talking to yourself, crystals, and now, here's an article in Time Magazine that says, dance like your doctor is watching. It's great for your mind and your body. Two new studies say that dancing may keep you healthy well into old age, potentially by reducing the risk of disability and dementia. One paper published in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports looked at how various forms of physical activity affected about 1,000 elderly Japanese women and their risk of becoming physically disabled as measured by their ability to complete tasks like walking, bathing, and dressing. The women were asked about their general health, the types of physical activity they regularly did, and were monitored for signs of disability over eight years. During that time, 130 women met the criteria for disability, the researchers found that physical activity generally helped women independent as they aged, but certain types of exercise seemed to have larger effects than others. And dancing led the pack. The researchers found that women who frequently danced had a 73% lower chance of becoming disabled during the study period compared to women who did not. None of the other exercises, including calisthenics, walking, and yoga, had such a strong association after adjusting for demographic and health factors. The secret may be that dancing requires a variety of different skills, both mental and physical. Dancing requires not only balance, strength, and endurance ability, but also cognitive ability, 
adaptability, and concentration to move according to the music and partner, artistry for graceful and fluid motion, and memory for choreography, the researchers write. The second paper, published in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society, further examined dancing's mental health benefits. The researchers analyzed 32 past studies involving more than 3,500 people ages 50 to 85 to determine whether mind-body activities, including Tai Chi, yoga, and dance, could improve aging adults' cognitive function. There is no known way to definitely prevent or reverse dementia and cognitive decline. But after reviewing all the data, the researchers determined that aging adults who engaged in mind-body exercises tended to have stronger global cognitive a measure of general cognitive function than people who did not do anything at all. And when the researchers refined their analysts to look at specific mind-body activities and measures of cognitive function, they found even stronger evidence that 60 to 120 minutes of Tai Chi or dance per week could improve global cognition even for adults who already had some impairment. These activities also appeared to be positively effective cognitive flexibility, the ability to adapt to new and changing situations. Language fluency, learning, memory, and organization, even more than other mind-body pursuits. Neither study proved that dancing causes health benefits, only that it is associated with these outcomes. It's possible, for example, that physically and mentally healthy adults are simply more likely to dance than people who aren't as healthy. Still, these studies are not the first to suggest that dancing comes with health benefits. One paper published in 2017 found, though, brain imaging scans that dancing can increase the amount of white matter in the brains of elderly adults. White matter degrades with age, and this breakdown is thought to be associated with cognitive decline. Of course, dancing is also a good form of physical exercise, with plenty of research has shown to benefit mood, mental health, and physical health, and it doesn't hurt. Because it's just fun. So there, oh, echo. I hit the wrong button. Producer, can we switch me back to the other microphone, please? I am so sorry. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just like a good echo. Anyway, so as we were talking about, we've now done the whole talking to yourself, manifesting what it does with crystals, and now dancing. So now the next thing we're going to go over is how does music affect the mind and body? I absolutely love music. I cannot live without music. I cannot. There's not a single day that goes by 
where music is not a part of my life. So this article is so important. All of this information is very important. How does music affect the mind and body? When you hear your favorite music, how does it make you feel? Perhaps it brings back fond memories and transports you, even momentarily, to another time and place. Maybe it makes you feel relaxed from head to toe. Or maybe it gets your blood pumping and makes you want to get up and dance. Few other experiences in life have the wide array of effects on us that music has. Whether you want to de-stress, get motivated, forget your troubles, or focus on a project, the right music can help you get there. Music also impacts both our minds and bodies in a variety of ways, from lowering anxiety to improving sleep, reducing pain and blood pressure, boosting mood, and increasing memory and mental alertness. Let's look at the many benefits of music for both mental and physical well-being. The connection between music and the mind. Experts say that what physical activity can do for your body, music may do for your brain. In fact, listening to music can keep your brain engaged as you age and provides a total brain workout. Any music lover can tell you that music can help you recall emotions from other times in life. It turns out that the power of music, found to bring back powerful memories, has a firm foundation in science. Music that stimulates you can cause your brain neurons to fire. When you hear the same song again later, those memory patterns become stronger. The more you hear that familiar tune, the stronger those neuron connections become. Music has its roots in early human history, and researchers have explored the connections between music and health for many years. Benefits for the Brain here are some of the specific benefits music may provide for your mind. Reducing depression symptoms. If you feel blue, music may help boost your mood. Research has found meditative and classical formats may help people feel uplifted while genres like heavy metal may make you feel more depressed. Boosting cognition. Research has found that background music may improve performance for test takers, implying that it may influence other cognitive tasks as well. Individuals listening to music were able to finish more test questions during the allotted time, and they answered more questions correctly. Lowering stress levels a medical abstract showed listening to music may trigger stress-reducing biochemicals in your body. Music may also reduce stress specifically related to surgery. 
bettering your mood. Research has found that music may help get you in touch with your feelings. You may find yourself in a better mood as a result. Improving your performance under pressure. Upbeat music helped basketball players who had a tendency to perform poorly when they were under pressure, research has found. The impact of music on your body. Older adults who were involved in the arts show improvements in both mental and physical health. By easing challenges in mental health, such as anxiety and depression, music can also help with physical problems like pain, poor sleep, and reduced heart rate, breathing rate, and circulation. In some cases, music may help even more than medication with physical problems. One study found that stressed individuals who listened to music prior to surgery reduced their anxiety more effectively and had lower levels of cortisol than those who took anti-anxiety medications. In addition, music may also lower blood pressure, improve sleep, and boost immune function. It may also help individuals recover after strokes and may have an impact on helping prevent seizures. Research has found several other physical benefits from listening to music. They are improving endurance during exercise. A study showed listening to fast-paced tunes can improve physical performance during a workout session as well as increase endurance. Reducing pain. Research found that music can lower the perceived strength of pain, especially in intensive care along with geriatrics. Speeding up recovery after workouts. Listening to music after you exercise may help your body recover more quickly. Slower music may have more of an impact on relaxation, but any type of music may aid in the process of physical recovery. Helping you cut calories. Listening to soft music and lowering the lights while you eat may help you slow down during your meal. The study reports that as a result, you may consume less food at mealtime, possibly because eating more slowly helps you become mindful of cues that you've had enough. Improving functioning of blood vessels. The emotions you experience while listening to music, rather than the music itself, may have a positive impact on the functioning of your blood vessels. Now let's get incorporating music into your day. Now that you know more about the many benefits of music for your mind and body, what are some steps you can take to bring the power of music into your everyday life or the life of your family members? You may want to start by recalling some music you listened to but haven't heard recently. If you enjoyed the Beatles in your youth, why not pull out a CD or a music app to enjoy a selection of hits that you'll remember? As you hear familiar tunes, you may recall special moments from the past. In addition, 
you can begin incorporating music into different activities during your day. If you're washing dishes or sleeping the floor, for example, why not turn on some favorite tunes to get your feet tapping? A daily walk is a great time to enjoy music as well. But be sure to keep the music low enough that you can remain aware of your surroundings. To get exposed to some new music, consider consulting with the experts. Teenagers. Grandchildren. Either yours or those of friends. will be able to suggest the artists and songs they like and you may just discover some new favorites. You may find that listening to newer music challenges your brain as you become accustomed to new formats and beats. Whether you listen to new hits or familiar classics, be aware of how your body reacts and choose the types you like best. When you listen to a certain song, do you feel agitated or distracted? Or do you find yourself moving and grooving along to the beat? Are you your own best guide at your preferences and the types of music to which you'll respond positively? Scientists have found that everyone has a certain rhythm they enjoy, known as the preferred motor tempo. When you hear music with the right tempo for you, you may feel more motivated, energetic, and even excited. Once you identify your favorite tunes, and especially those you're with your preferred motor tempo, consider creating playlists in an app for different tasks, such as cleaning, relaxing, and exercising. Oh my gosh, like seriously, this podcast has been filled with knowledge. I mean, come on. I scoured the internet and I got all of the information and put it into one podcast so anybody that wants to try to manifest, you have absolutely no excuse now that you can't do it because all the information is right here in one podcast for you to listen to and to change your mind. Because thoughts become things, hey, yo. All right. Now, I know that a lot of people sometimes have a problem with coming up with affirmations. So we're going to end this podcast with 20 affirmations to help you manifest your yes today. All right? So just remember these, write them down if you need to. 20 affirmations to help you manifest your yes today. Number one, I trust the universe. It gives me exactly what I need at exactly the right time. Number two, everything works out perfectly for me. I am creating my dream life. Number three, I am worthy of receiving my yes. Now release everything that is not serving my highest purpose. Number four, 
I'm worthy enough to follow my dreams and manifest my desires. Number five, my business gets better and better every day. Number six, I work where I want, when I want, and with people and what I want to work with. Number seven, I am abundant in my finances, in happiness, and in love. Number eight, my soul is ready to live the life of my dreams. Number nine, I am wealthy and prosperous in every aspect of my life. Number 10, I surround myself with positive and genuine people who help me and encourage me to reach my goals. Number 11, the universe always has my back. Number 12, I now release any fears or limiting beliefs I may have had about achieving my yes. Number 13, every day I am moving towards my best life. Number 14, I am smart, creative, and motivated. I only take yes for an answer. Number 15, my intentions for my life are clear. What I am seeking is seeking me. Number 16, it is okay for me to have everything I want. Every day I move towards having everything I want. Number 17, I'm creating a life of passion and purpose. Number 18, I step out of my comfort zone to achieve my goals and find comfort in change and new environments as I move towards my yes. Number 19, I love, support, and I believe in myself. Number 20, there is no place for negative self-talk in my life. I am completely and utterly in love with myself. Now, those are 20 manifestations you should say every morning and every night. And believe it. And if you really want to go deep, Say it while staring into your eyes in a mirror. Because we're going to talk about mirror work next episode. We're going to talk about what mirror work does. People don't know what mirror work is, and everyone talks about mirror work. What is mirror work? I don't know what mirror work is. I don't want to stare at myself. Well, I love staring at myself because I love myself. Not just my physical form of my inner being because I'm freaking awesome and so are you. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? My name is James Axel and I'm coming to you semi-homemade live on a pile of stuffed animals. You better manifest.